Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com. It's that time of night, you can't stay uptight So come and join the people and I'm feeling alright Here on Overnight America Overnight America Wow, here we are. Another hour, live up until midnight and then the replay hours kick off after that. Thanks for all the interactions, the calls, the text messages. I'm still going through some of the text messages from last hour. And I'm looking at, who boy, all kinds of things. I do like the support. Said, let's see, love your show. Thank you for valuing journalism. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, Ryan, I have read and heard President Trump's speech. I didn't see anything wrong with it. Can you tell me what he said that invited the protesters? Um, also, how is what Cory Bush says not considered seditious? Interesting. Okay. That was another text message that came in. Um, you, <laughs> one person texted in, you should go on the EIB network and speak at lunchtime. Thank you. So I should fill in for Rush. <laughs> uh, you know, one of Rush's fill ins that you hear every once in a while is someone that I'm uh, connected with on Twitter. And I said, we should bring you on sometime, uh, Todd Herman. And I think he, we may just do that because, you know, we just did a quick little homage to Rush a couple of days ago when he turned 70 years old. He hasn't been on the air since then. I think that the um, uh, Bo Snerdly over there on Twitter mentioned that they're going to try to get him on tomorrow or maybe Friday. So he's still receiving treatment, still not feeling great when he gets the strength to do it, I know he wants to get back on and it'll be interesting to see what he says there. Um, let's see. Uh, this is, uh, this would never have happened if Trump would have conceded. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe, or maybe not. I, I don't know. Some people have argued that he shouldn't have fought it to begin with. So did he have a right to bring everything to court? Yes, he did. I mean, he definitely had a right to bring things to court. Did he take it too far? I think some people could debate that. And there's probably more people to believe that he may have taken that argument further than it needed to go. He maybe didn't need to push it as hard. He knew that there was going to be some objections during that electoral college uh, 
counting. And that's where the objections are meant to be. But then maybe some people say, maybe he did take it too far. Maybe he just kept the, the, the fact that he was still talking about it was taking it too far. So, okay, I'll, I'll take your comment and your text message. Thank you for that. 314-436-7900. And if you missed it, maybe about six hours ago or so, the president from the White House gave a recorded message about where we are. He didn't message uh, mention impeachment. He was talking about what happened last week and how to move forward with it. I thought that this five-minute address to the nation is worth repeating. My fellow Americans, I want to speak to you tonight about the troubling events of the past week. As I have said, the incursion of the U.S. Capitol struck at the very heart of our republic. It angered and appalled millions of Americans across the political spectrum. I want to be very clear. I unequivocally condemn the violence that we saw last week. Violence and vandalism have absolutely no place in our country and no place in our movement. Making America great again has always been about defending the rule of law, supporting the men and women of law enforcement, and upholding our nation's most sacred traditions and values. Mob violence goes against everything I believe in and everything our movement stands for. No true supporter of mine could ever endorse political violence. No true supporter of mine could ever disrespect law enforcement or our great American flag. No true supporter of mine could ever threaten or harass their fellow Americans. If you do any of these things, you are not supporting our movement. You are attacking it, and you are attacking our country. We cannot tolerate it. Tragically, over the course of the past year, made so difficult because of COVID-19, we have seen political violence spiral out of control. We have seen too many riots, too many mobs, too many acts of intimidation and destruction. It must stop. Whether you are on the right or on the left, a Democrat or a Republican, there is never a justification for violence. No excuses, no exceptions. America is a nation of laws. Those who engaged in the attacks last week will be brought to justice. Now I am asking everyone who has ever believed in our agenda to be thinking of ways to ease tensions, calm tempers, and help to promote peace in our country. There has been reporting that additional demonstrations are being planned in the coming days, both here in Washington and across the country. I have been briefed by the U.S. Secret Service on the potential threats. Every American deserves to have their voice heard in a respectful and peaceful way. That is your First Amendment right. But I cannot emphasize that there must be no violence, no law-breaking, and no vandalism of any kind. Everyone must follow our laws and obey the instructions of law enforcement. I have directed federal agencies to use all necessary resources to maintain order. In Washington, D.C., we are bringing in 
thousands of National Guard members to secure the city and ensure that a transition can occur safely and without incident. Like all of you, I was shocked and deeply saddened by the calamity at the Capitol last week. I want to thank the hundreds of millions of incredible American citizens who have responded to this moment with calm, moderation, and grace. We will get through this challenge just like we always do. I also want to say a few words about the unprecedented assault on free speech we have seen in recent days. These are tense and difficult times. The efforts to censor, cancel, and blacklist our fellow citizens are wrong, and they are dangerous. What is needed now is for us to listen to one another, not to silence one another. All of us can choose by our actions to rise above the rancor and find common ground and shared purpose. We must focus on advancing the interests of the whole nation, delivering the miracle vaccines, defeating the pandemic, rebuilding the economy, protecting our national security, and upholding the rule of law. Today, I am calling on all Americans to overcome the passions of the moment and join together as one American people. Let us choose to move forward united for the good of our families, our communities, and our country. Thank you, God bless you, and God bless America. So that was the address from the White House from about six hours or so ago. And President Trump, with that recorded message, apparently it was allowed to stay up. Let's take a look on YouTube and see if they've deleted it. <laughs> All right. Going to the White House's YouTube page. Oh, they left it up. Good for that. About a million and a half people have watched it, at least from that source. And I'm sure there's more people from different sources that have seen that. So one of the uh, big questions I think we have is what could happen in the economy? So we're going to have a new president here in a week. What would impeachment do to the economy? Will it hold other things up? Would that have a negative or positive effect? Uh, what are some things that we could look forward to with Joe Biden that would have a positive or negative effect? Dr. Michael Bussler is going to join us later this hour. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier. Siri, play KMOX. Thanks for being here with us on Overnight America. We're on every weeknight and... I thought last hour was good. I just don't know how much longer I could sustain bringing up that topic every night. So I don't think we will. But then again, we're kind of dictated based on what is going on in the world. So uh, we can maybe save some more of it or not. Maybe we'll just be tired or not. Uh, it's just everything's so exhausting anymore. But at least tomorrow would be the kickoff to the weekend. Dr. Bustler is joining us in about 10 minutes. I'm really looking forward to that interview. He's so good at breaking down the economy and how it all plays into what's going on in the news. Two things I wanted to bring up because there's been a couple of updates when it comes to the stimulus. And I was, you know, I learned this and it has to do with me being a little bit selfish because, you know, when I see articles where I can benefit from it, then I pay closer attention. So as you probably know, we had a baby this year. So we have a four month old, soon to be five month old. And we're coming close to that. And she is doing great. She is a little smiler. I love playing with her and it's just fun. 
Well, I thought, okay, we had the baby, and then they had another stimulus uh, for the economy, and then they allowed certain dollars. It was five hundred dollars from the second stimulus. It was uh, no, it was five hundred for the first stimulus. $600 for the second stimulus when it comes to children, dependents. And when they did the second round of stimulus checks, we had one for myself, one for my wife, and one for my son, but we didn't have one for the baby. Why? Because she's a brand new baby and she wasn't listed on our previous taxes, so they didn't really know, um, which is fine. But then I read that you were going to be able to apply and put it on uh, as a credit onto your taxes when you filed this year for the year 2020. Well, I didn't know this. Even though she wasn't alive for the first stimulus package, she still qualifies for it. So if you were born in 2020 or you had a baby in 2020 as a family, um, that child actually qualifies for both of the stimulus package amounts that come out. So the 500 and the 600, given that you fall in line with the qualifications of who would get it or who wouldn't get it. So basically what happened is they sent these checks out as a front for the 2020 tax credit. So what they did was they basically prepaid this credit to you in a form of a check and they gave it to you early as opposed to you waiting to file it on your taxes. Well, since you still have to file taxes and since the kid qualifies, then you just put it on your taxes and then you'll be able to make up for it from before. I saw the story at KMOX.com and I thought, no way. So I'm going to be able to get a little extra stimulus for the baby. Now, keep in mind, I'm not a big fan of just giving out money like crazy, but if I qualify, I'm taking it. I'm sure there's a lot of other people that are like that. Uh, one other thing, too, I saw that more people are wondering what's going to happen in another round of stimulus checks. It's still unclear what type of package that'll look like, but there was a promise from Chuck Schumer. He said that when I am the Senate majority leader, I'm going to be able to get in there and I'll make sure everyone gets $2,000 stimulus checks. So we'll get it done. We'll just, we'll just print more money. We'll just pass it out. We'll just hand it out. It'll be like the ice cream man. The kids will run out into the street and the ice cream man opens it up and says, how much money would you like kid? And just hand it out. It's going to be like that for families. So they said that when they take the uh, Senate majority, and when they start to propose another round of stimulus checks that would start off the year 2021, they're still looking at that $2,000 per person number. And that's a huge number. Now, I don't know how they're going to be able to get all of that done. I don't know. But Schumer has reassured that's what one of the top priorities is going to be in order to push even more coronavirus stimulus with individual checks going out there. The other question is, how much other junk are they going to shove in there, too, in order to help you look the other way? So they'll say, oh, yeah, we'll give you all this money. But how about this? What we'll do is uh, give more money to this and this and this and this and this and this and this. And, oh, some other countries, who else wants some? Uh, let's just spread it all around. It's still unknown if they mean that they're going to increase the last payment, meaning they're going to use that 600 that was given to us at the end of the year and then use that as the first payment of the 2000. So you'd have to make up the difference or if it's an additional payment, no one knows because they really haven't gotten to that point. Why? Because, you know, they still have to usher in the new Senate. They still have to put Joe Biden into office. There's all these other things that need to happen first, but it looks like there's an awful lot of support, even from some Republicans, Josh Hawley being one of those Republicans and many others that have uh, indicated that they would be open to this. And with the Democrats having at least the, um, the, the tiebreaker, and some Republicans on board for this, it looks like whatever they do put forward 
it has a pretty good chance of passing at this point. It just depends on what else they put into it. And I'm sure there'll be people that put objections up to it, rightfully so. Let's just hope that what they're doing is just for the individual side and not for junk, as much junk as they can possibly jam in there. All right, so when we come back, Dr. Michael Bussler is going to join us. He is someone that looks at the economy and how everything that we're reading in the news plays out with the economy. Another stimulus, we're going to talk Bitcoin, we're going to talk about antitrust and racketeering with big tech companies, and on top of all of those things, Twitter stock dropping, what that may indicate. That's coming up with Dr. Michael Bussler next on Overnight America KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little... Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. KMOX, a proud supporter of the 25th Annual Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. Happening online this Friday through Monday. Join players, coaches, and alumni in virtual Cardinal experiences about life on and off the baseball diamond. For a complete schedule, and to buy tickets to the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up Virtual Experiences, head to cardinals.com slash WWU. Overnight America is with you and also with someone that I love talking to about the economy. He's a public policy analyst and also an economics expert, a professor of finance at Stockton University. Dr. Michael Bussler, thanks for coming on to KMOX again. Well, thanks for having me, Ryan. It's my pleasure to be here. 
We have a special tie to Twitter because Jack Dorsey is from St. Louis. Of course, he still has family Mm -hmm. here and he does a lot of great things charity wise. And he's actually investing more with Square in St. Louis. And then you see the headlines where Twitter bans Donald Trump. They were the first. And then all of the other social media uh, networks start to follow in line. And then you start to see people reporting the stock price of Twitter dropping after the ban on Donald Trump and significantly dropping. We're talking about billions of dollars lost when it came to their stock price. I wanted to get your impressions on what you think might be happening there. And really, is, is this a warning for tech companies? Yeah, you know, uh, the question is, what, what exactly is um, happening there? Uh, Twitter claimed that President Trump had violated their uh, code of conduct for some of the things he said, mostly that President Trump kept claiming that there was fraud in the election and it was an illegitimate election. Uh, Twitter said that Twitter said that's absolutely not true. And uh, for a while there, they they ran a statement under uh, Trump's tweets that what Trump is saying is not proven to be true. And then, of course, they completely uh, dropped President Trump from Twitter, which is very unfortunate Um, now, especially uh, there's some messages President Trump is trying to get out. Uh, he made a video today uh, urging there to be um, uh, no violence during the inauguration, either in Washington or anywhere else. And the FBI has found has seen that there may be some of that. So he's not able to get a lot of this, these messages out. So uh, Twitter, for whatever reason, uh, has silenced President Trump and some of the other uh, uh, social media has has followed. Now, your uh, comment was, well, what happened to Twitter's stock? Well, as a result of that, um, a lot of Trump supporters and people who support really free speech uh, decided to drop their own account. And look, uh, Twitter's value is based on how many people use it. Uh, the more people that use it, the more they can collect revenue for uh, through ads and things. Um, so when a lot of people start dropping down, their revenue is going to end up dropping down. There you know, a number of people that, that use it and uh, investors see that and that's going to have a negative impact on their profits. And that's why um, Twitter stock uh, fell. The, the, the real disturbing point is why exactly they're doing this, sir are some nasty dictators worldwide that are saying some much uh, more horrible things than President Trump said, and yet they're able to um, say what they want on uh, Twitter. So is this um, something where they're just trying to uh, uh, silence the president, and they've also started to uh, close accounts of some other very conservative uh, people also? So is this a, a um, action by Twitter to try to... Uh, silence conservative voices if it is uh you know that becomes very dangerous and you hope uh congress may have to do something to make sure that kind of thing doesn't happen in the future so how do you think that plays into the broader discussion because you had an alternative 
website and app called Parler that was taken off yep. of these Amazon web servers, and they want to file an antitrust suit and see that day in court against Amazon saying that them and Twitter had an agreement. And since they were a direct competition to the, one of the social media networks, they used their power inappropriately. Some people are calling for uh, racketeering charges. Some people are looking at big tech being too powerful. Do they enact Section 230? In general, when you see all of these things coming up, and let's say that uh, even Elon Musk says Amazon's a monopoly, they need to be broken up. How does that normally impact the economy when you have these giant tech companies worth billions and billions of dollars being broken up, uh, regulated, and all of these other things? Well, so with regulation, you have to be um, a little bit careful. Um, we don't want to over-regulate um, and cause industries to, to stop growing. You brought up a couple of uh, good points. One, and I would agree with uh, Parler, uh, so in the um, social media market like Twitter, they virtually have a monopoly. Um, and if uh, a competition came in like Parler that was now starting to grow significantly, um, now in order to use Parler, you have to go to an app store, the Apple app or the Google app store, uh, excuse me, download uh, the app and then sign on to use uh, Parler. Well, those uh, Apple and Google have kicked Parler out of their uh, app stores. <clears throat> so now that strengthens Twitter's monopoly. Um, and based on uh, the Sherman Act that was passed in 1890, it's illegal for anybody to even attempt to monopolize an industry. So I don't know the relationship between Twitter and Apple and, and Google, but if there was any kind of collusion there, uh, even if they just spoke to each other about what they were uh, doing, um, and that resulted on uh, uh, Parler being taken out and not being able to, to grow. And, of course, now I think the latest thing is Amazon won't even let them use their servers, which essentially puts them uh, out, out of business. Um, I don't know what, uh, how these firms may have talked to each other, um, but it certainly looks like they're trying to knock Parler out and uh, increase uh, Twitter's monopoly, and that is illegal. That's going to be a hard one for Parler. Some, uh, we have another yeah. uh, person, a guest on, who's a lawyer. Brad Young mentions that essentially if you're going to take Amazon to court, it's like taking on the government. They have unlimited resources, just how powerful, and how much money they have. It's a huge deal. So if anything, you would have to think the government would get involved if they look at this as an antitrust or kind of like what they did to Microsoft in the 90s. And you saw them even getting looked at as a monopoly in many ways in the way they were controlling Internet browsers and such. Um, so. You never yeah. know. I mean, and some things that I think Republicans and Democrats may agree on in some ways is that tech companies are too powerful. And there is a major uh, amount of concern there. I think other countries have already tackled this. Pretty much every other large country has tackled this and have put regulations yeah. in place, except for the United States. So maybe we're overdue. Uh, Michael Bussler joining us here, and he's a public analyst, economics expert, and professor of finance at Stockton University. I saw this trending on Twitter earlier today. It's funny because I, I talk about how much I'm upset with these 
companies and these tech firms, and I'm still using their stuff. Uh, so yeah. I saw this trending, which was the Bitcoin dream is dead. People have been watching the price of Bitcoin rise, 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 and then it just all of a sudden drops 25%. Uh, do you have any thoughts on cryptocurrencies and Bitcoin and the wild ride it's been on lately and what that might mean in the long term? Yeah, so um, Bitcoin is still relatively new, and these cryptocurrencies are too. Um, and there's some risk associated with them. The idea is uh, that if they fix the supply, that is, they don't make any, any more and they fix the supply, or if they increase the supply, they do it uh, on a slow basis. Um, once the demand for Bitcoin, Bitcoin is there, that should be able to stabilize the price and indeed um, increase the the uh, price. We don't know what some of the long-term impacts of this uh, of Bitcoin will be, but it's starting to be accepted more and more in places. Uh, financial institutions, are, for instance, are looking at accepting this. The thing is, uh, the price will be very volatile uh, because I think demand conditions can change rapidly. If there's some negative, uh, something in the news about Bitcoin, you know, something happened bad, and there's a decrease in demand for Bitcoin, you could see some big, some big drops. Uh, so um, with these cryptocurrencies, they uh, appear to be uh, coming into the economy and into use as a, main, as a means of uh, payment. Um, I still think there's some risk to them. Uh, people ask me if they should invest in, in that. <clears throat> and I know people that have done extremely well with Bitcoin. Um, what I generally tell them is um, if you think it, it makes sense for you and you make a decision uh, or not, I would uh, consider putting some of my portfolio in Bitcoin um, and you try to keep a balanced portfolio when you make investments, depending on how much risk you want to take and how old you are and uh, what kind of returns you're looking for, that sort of thing. But a good balanced portfolio, if you think Bitcoin makes sense, uh, a good balanced portfolio would, would have some in there. But just keep in mind is the price of it will be very volatile as we go forward, mostly because we don't really know how these things are going to play out in the long term. Do you mind holding on after the break? I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about maybe another stimulus. And if anything, when we start to see a lot of government action, like an impeachment, things like that, at the start of another administration where there could be other types of regulations and things on the way, I just want to get your thoughts of what could be happening to the economy in the next couple of months and, and add COVID on top of all that. So do you mind if we do that after the break? I'd be right here waiting. Dr. Michael Bussler, if people wanted to find your work, where can they look you up? So my Twitter account is at M Bustler. That's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. And on Facebook, if you have a Facebook page, search for Funding Democracy. Funding Democracy. I'll come up there. You'll see all my columns. I know. I hate even mentioning anymore. It's like almost a force of habit. Hey, I'm on these places and I'm thinking, ugh, do I want to be? Um, my <laughs> Dr. Michael Bustler. That's just the way I am with it. We're going to continue with him next. He's a public policy analyst and an economics expert. It's Overnight America KMOX. Now back to Overnight America on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michaelsflooringoutlet.com Welcome back to Overnight America. I love catching up with Dr. Michael Bussler. He's a public policy analyst, economics expert, a professor of finance at Stockton University. Thanks again for coming on tonight. I appreciate it. Always my pleasure, Ryan. 
So I'm curious about what we're seeing now in the Senate. They're going to do another impeachment hearing, potentially, I guess, if they don't drop it. But we just saw that the articles of impeachment were brought forward today, got the vote. And we're also seeing there's going to be a new administration here soon. A couple of days left, a week of President Trump. Then it goes to Joe Biden. At the start of his presidency, there could be other directions that he takes. Uh, there could be some big stimulus money being spent. There could be other regulations. There could be this or that. But starting off on a big trial, and let's just say it, it actually comes to that, um, what does that normally mean? Like when we saw the first impeachment of Donald Trump, what did that mean for the economy? Did it mean anything at all? Or can we just expect this one to have no impact? <clears throat> well, um, it will have, have some impact. Um, I'm not sure they're going to have a, a trial right away, and they may not have one um, at all. The earliest they could even do it, they're not coming back to the Senate until uh, January 19th. You know, take them a day to figure out what they're doing. So the earliest they could do it would be the following day. Um, and, uh, you know, president won't be in, in office after that. Uh, so the next question is, do they have a trial uh, after President Trump leaves? There is some debate whether they can do that or not. It looks to me like the majority of the scholars say they can do that. Uh, so if they choose that route, you remember last time it was a three-week process, and all 100 senators have to be present during everything. Uh, so right when uh, President Biden uh, comes in on January 20th, he's going to want the Senate to uh, confirm all of his nominees for his cabinet post. Uh, so I think they're going to be concentrating on that and not on a trial. My view is, um, and I've heard uh, some Democrats say, well, maybe we'll wait after 100 days, um, let uh, Biden get in what he wants in 100 days, and then we'll bring this up. I think the longer they wait to do this, the less likely they are to have a, uh, a trial. Because as time goes on, other things will take everybody's activity uh, everybody's um, efforts, uh, and they'll be working on other things, and this thing will probably um, fade away. So um, what's going to happen with the um, economy? Um, I think uh, Biden will be able to get another stimulus package through. Um, now, another stimulus package is both a good idea and a bad idea. So why do I say that? So it's a good idea because um, the economy uh, had to shut down again, or I don't know if they had to, but many states, uh, large states, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, Illinois, Michigan, California, uh, they decided to pretty much shut their economies down in the fall uh, in order to fight the uh, virus. Um, they haven't been real successful uh, at doing that, but meanwhile, their economies have gone way downhill. Um, the governor of New York just said yesterday that uh, even though the virus is still here, we're going to have to reopen. Um, so because everybody did shut down, we, we had a V-shaped recovery that started in May and did real well up till about September. It started to uh, slow a little bit. And then with all these shutdowns, it slowed more. The, the second stimulus, which didn't get signed until I think December 28th, should have been passed in September, and that would have uh, kept the V-shaped recovery going a little more. The other thing is we do need to get the economy opened up uh, as quickly as possible. So um, back to Biden. So he's mm -hmm. likely to put in a, a third stimulus package. 
Now, it's a good idea because so much of the economy has shut down and this will uh, cushion some of the negative impacts on workers and business so that when we, we do finally open everything back up, the economy can go and we'll avoid going into another recession. So from that aspect, it's good. It's bad in that the federal government doesn't have any money. <laughs> so what happens is they have to borrow it. Uh, so how bad does it get? Well, um, prior to uh, last year, the uh, public debt, which is the total of every deficit we've ever run up, all the bonds we've sold since World War II, we've been doing this. Uh, the public debt was a total of $23 trillion. Now, in fiscal year 2020, <clears throat> we added $3 trillion more, mostly because of the first and second and the first stimulus package, $3 trillion more to it. Now the public debt's up to $26 trillion. We just passed another $900 billion second stimulus, almost a, a trillion. So now we're up to 27. And now I don't know what Biden is going to do, probably another one to two trillion. That could take the public debt up to 28, 29 trillion. Now, is that a problem, you say? <clears throat> well, most economists will say if the total debt is less than one year's income, one year's GDP, you're probably okay. If it gets above that, you're going to run into trouble. Well, we just said it could end up being up to 29 trillion. One year's GDP is less than 21 trillion, so we're way above one year's GDP. Most economists will say that starts to be a problem. So what what is the problem? Uh, there are two things. One, you have to pay interest on that debt, and even with interest rates as low as they are, and they have been at rock bottom levels now for almost a decade. Um, and even at those low interest rates, the, the interest on the public debt is about $400 billion a year. That's 10% of everything the government spends goes to pay the, the debt. That's $400 billion that can't be used for other government programs. The second pr uh, problem, which could be even worse, is if the federal government is borrowing all this money, selling all these in the bond market, pulling all this capital out of markets, there's not going to be a lot of capital left over for business. And if business can't get capital to expand, that ends up stagnating the um, economy. In fact, and one thing I'm really worried about is uh, one thing Biden has said is he wants to raise corporate income taxes from 21 to 28 percent. He's mm -hmm. talking about raising the capital gains tax from the 23.8 it is now up to perhaps as high as uh, 40 percent that will reduce capital formation even further. So with this huge debt and with less capital being created, you create you end up with a capital shortage. And when you have a capital shortage, we have a very capital-intensive economy. When we make things, there's a lot of uh, robots and art uh, uh, artificial intelligence and capital-intensive manufacturing and service industries. So... If we don't have capital in a capital-intensive economy, the economy can't grow. That leads to stagnation. And if demand keeps going up and you can't increase supply, you end up with inflation. So if we keep down this road of deficit spending and overtaxing uh, the creation of uh, capital, we could end up with a, uh, a stagnant economy and high prices uh, that's a stagflation problem, something we haven't seen since the late 
1970. So we're going to have to get yeah. this under control. Um, I started off by saying the stimulus package is both a good thing and a bad thing. So it's good. It'll <laughs> stop the recession. Yeah. It's bad it, it's, it, because it's going to add much more to the deficit. Yeah, I mean, we got to be realistic with this, because when we saw these tax uh, cuts that originally happened under Trump, we immediately saw some really positive things in the economy. Businesses were happy. Yeah. They were able to hire more people. Unemployment was low, record low for certain uh, people. And it's really amazing the way the economy took off. Take that off and then add on top of that the threat of perhaps closing the government down again. Oh, my goodness. All right. So none of those things I think people want to see. Uh, OK, uh, Dr. Bustler, again, if people want to find you online, where can they find you? So I'm giggling every time I say on Twitter and Facebook for what we <laughs> talked about. But uh, on Twitter, it's at M Bustler. That's at M-B-U-S-L-E-R. And uh, Facebook, just search for Funding Democracy. Funding Democracy on Facebook, and you'll see all my columns. I'd be happy if you followed me. Great. Dr. Michael Bustler, thanks for coming on to Overnight America. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you, Ryan. My, my pleasure. And he joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group Guest Line. He is good, good at explaining those things. Well, that'll uh, do it for us here on Overnight America. And tomorrow, I have no idea what it'll bring. I just don't. But we have been posting things online. In fact, if you wanted to go download the podcast, you can. I'm still on Facebook, even though I look at it and say, why am I on this? Yeah, it's 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 almost like a necessary evil in so many different ways to be on the radio and have a show like this and know that you have to use this as a tool and you look at it and say, what a terrible tool to use. And I'm on Twitter and all of that, but it's ever since uh, they started banning and deleting and hassling and all of these things, it made it so much less enjoyable to have to check these things, but I'm still on it and I'm still belly aching on it. So there's no change there. In the couple of replay hours that we have coming up, we had a great conversation with Ann Bossom. She's the author of a book called Ensnared in the Wolf's Lair, Inside the 1944 Plot to Kill Hitler in the Ghost Children of His Revenge. Ensnared. Now, what a crazy story, the, the plot to kill Hitler. And then afterwards, when Hitler survived the assassination plot, he found the conspirators killed them and their wives and took their kids and put them into uh, kid prisons. And then what happens after that is just part of the story that is just really one you're not going to want to miss in the next hour. We have that there in online as part of the podcast. And then afterwards, part of the replay, we'll talk just a little bit about what's going on with the impeachment from earlier today. We took a lot of phone calls, opinions on that. So thank you for everyone that sounded off on that way. So find me on Facebook. Ryan Recker Radio. If you hate Facebook and are still on it and you hate yourself for being on Facebook and are still on it, then we can hate Facebook together. Ryan Recker Radio on there and then Twitter at Ryan Recker. And then who knows what happens between now and then. There could be a million other stories that happen, but I think for your own sanity, it might be best for just about everyone to say, get away from it for a couple of minutes. Try not to stare too much at it. Try not to watch the TV too much. Try not to let that consume you and all of your emotions it will get better i'm sure well otherwise sleep well and enjoy the replay hours bye my heart beats with the lonely rain wishing i could see 
your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me on the telephone I don't has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 